Hey babes, so for this week's episode, I want to give a special shout out to two amazing supporters who I always see providing so much of their insights on some of the content that we post on Instagram and on Facebook, and they've just been so consistent. And I want to give the shout out to Comfort, also known as Comfort Counseling Center on Instagram, and Miss K Brown, also known as KB909 on Instagram. Um, thank you both so much for all of the amazing support that you give. Your engagement truly means a lot. Um, it's great to know that, you know, myself and my team, all of the efforts that we're doing, it really does resonate with people. So thank you for your support and your encouragement. Um, and I hope you continue to support us moving forward. So once again, for the rest of you, thank you so much for your support as well. But if you want to be shouted out on the TRP Recovery shoutouts, you know what to do. Make sure you leave a comment or watch a story. Actually, you know what? Better than that, like the story <laughs> um, on our Instagram, our Facebook, YouTube, and even LinkedIn. Hello, my loves. Welcome to another episode of TRP Recovery. It's your host, Nell Kyle, and today I am so excited to bring on another special guest to help us with a very important topic. Like most of you, towards the end of the year, we're all just stressing out, whether it's at work or maybe it's trying to figure out what presents you should get for everybody as Christmas is right around the corner. Nevertheless, the holiday season is always a mess, and I decided I couldn't think of anybody better than to help us with this topic than Miss Destiny Thomas. Destiny's mission is to remind women that the key to finding their purpose and ultimate healing is realizing that it can't be found without prayer. She's known to all of her clients as the prayer pist, where she combines both prayer and therapy God's way. So if there's anybody who needs help navigating a difficult season, be it something specific to the holidays, or maybe it's something that you've been struggling with for the long run. And for some reason, especially in the faith community, you seem to think that you need to only rush to prayer or choose between that and therapy. There's no need to look anywhere else because Destiny Thomas is going to help us understand why we don't need to choose between one or the other because we could have both. So I hope you have your favorite cup of tea with you. Sit back, relax, and let's get started. Good morning, Destiny. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing really, really well this morning. I'm so excited to talk to you today. Um, today, we're going to be talking about navigating difficult seasons with the prayer pist, which is your tagline. And so before we dive into anything else, I want you to give the audience a quick elevator pitch and to just let us know who you are and what's the story behind the, the title, The Prayer Pist. Absolutely. So I am the purpose, as you said, and as the purpose, I assist high achievers with confidently hearing the voice of God to heal internally and live in purpose. Um, and all of that was actually birthed out of my own story. So I uh, battled infertility for three and a half years. Um, and during that time, I felt like my body was rejecting me. God was rejecting me. Everybody was rejecting me. Um, and it wasn't until I actually slowed down and really got intentional about spending time with God that he told me that it was because I wasn't praying at all. And he had to take me through this inner healing process to really deal with um, loss of identity, rejection, and abandonment that would make my womb 
uh, fruitful. And so that is what I do. I help high achieving women because I had all the things, but I still had this void. And I think sometimes when you're a high achiever, you think you can work yourself through it. And um, he had to slow me down, which is why my um, ministry is all about slowing down and really just um, doing the inner work that's necessary. So that's what the prayer piece does. I use a six step process to take women do this process that as they're going through it, they're building their confidence and their ability to hear from God so that they can truly live in purpose and realize their destiny. That is so powerful. And I definitely agree with you as someone who's also ambitious. It's very, very hard to separate your your sense of worthiness away from what you produce and what you do. And I, I definitely think I'm in a season where God is just trying to to gently and sometimes aggressively <laughs> let me know that, you know, there's more to you besides the gifts that I've placed in you and understanding who I am and what my identity is outside of those things. It's it's tough. Like, could you explain like what your journey was like a little bit as you were navigating that season? Absolutely. So prior to infertility, I went into corporate America at 18 and a half, almost 19. I got married at 21. I was able to travel the world. I've made really, really good money. I own my home. I drove a Mercedes. So, you know, to the outside world, she's living it up. Like she's only in her 20, early 20s. And But what people didn't see was kind of what was going on behind closed doors. The fact that you know, my husband and I had had a miscarriage that we didn't even plan for. We just were, you know, doing what married people do. Um, and so I had to battle that, you know, because we had already not planned to have a child. So here I found myself pregnant, excited because it was, you know, to my husband, but knew that, that we intentionally didn't plan for it because we wanted to enjoy life. We wanted to really, you know, achieve certain uh, monumental moments in our lives. So here I found myself pregnant just to get excited about it and then it kind of be taken away. And so now that produced this feeling on the inside of me that I, I just got married. I don't want this man to think he married a broken woman. And so then I found myself on this journey to really try to give him a child, you know, leave him a legacy. And so I was kind of battling these thoughts in my mind. I was battling my self-esteem and my self-worth, but here I am every day showing up to work, excelling. I mean, I moved up in the company very quickly at a very young age because I just always been very determined. But, and then I have friends around me who they were like, you know, Destiny has everything, her life is so easy. But a lot of people didn't even really know the battles I was fighting. I come from a family where everybody has kids. And so then I bought a dog and, and I dressed my dog up and people, my family members would be like, why do you be dressing that dog up? Why don't you just have a baby? And it's like, I am trying, you know? And so it was just very, very tough because you can you can save face day every day. And I did it like it was like, like I was an actress. I would come, I'll be the happiest person in the room. And that's why you just have to, especially if you're a close friend to a high achiever or ambitious person, you have to be able to see certain things, you know? Because what I'll say is I've always been naturally generous and giving and, and always would give people the shirt off my back as people say, but I legit felt like I was in a room full of people drowning because my husband didn't understand infertility. My mom definitely didn't. Nobody around me understood it. So here I am being injected with several different types of hormones. So it has me literally all over the place. I'm gaining weight like I've never gained before because of the hormones. So it really was just, just a, it was a definitely a, a tough 
space to be in. My God, thank you for sharing that. And definitely that season, I can imagine it just makes you question your worthiness, as you mentioned, you know. You mentioned friends of high achievers or, you know, family members, people who are close to them. What are some telltale signs that you would say that could kind of give them a tip that something's a little off? You know, it's like you're usually the happy person. And to your point, like we try to save face a lot because it's a, I guess, I won't go as aggressively to say pride, but it is because, you know, like the ego won't allow you to, to be vulnerable. But in a way, it's also a way of trying to protect yourself because you've built this image of I've got it. All right. So don't worry about it. Hands off. I can do this. So how do people around you, one, notice if you might be struggling and two, if they do notice and you're being resistant to that help, what are the next steps that people should take? Well, number one, of course, because I believe in God and the Holy Spirit and discernment. A lot of it's discernment, right? Like I remember, I'll never forget this. I was talking to a young lady and I and I was actually doing a live, I believe, and I was just sharing how I, because I was I actually had gotten pregnant with my second child and I was going through a condition known as hyperemesis gravidium. And you literally are throwing up from morning to night, like, and you're losing weight. It's just very traumatic. And she said, and I was sharing just how depressing it was because I kind of hid myself. And she wrote me after the live and she was like, oh my gosh, Destiny, God kept telling me that you were that you were battling depression and you were in a dark space. But I said to myself, never destiny, right? And she kind of let it go. But we all have those feelings where immediately somebody comes to our mind or we're like, I wonder how so-and-so is doing out of nowhere, right? Those are usually the signs that something's going on, but you're trying to make logical sense of it instead of just, what my mom taught us is if anybody ever comes to your mind, just take it out, just go out of your way and give them a call and just say, hey, can I pray for you real quick? You don't have to ask any questions. You don't have to do, you know, say anything, but just ask to pray for them or even just pray for them where you are, but definitely reach out so that they can know I'm not alone because that's what usually happens with depression. You you feel like nobody understands. I'm so alone. So reach out to them. Say, hey, you crossed my mind. Can I just pray for you? Right. Or, hey, you crossed my mind. I just want to tell you I love you. Something very small. But I think because we naturally are helpers, we think we have to do a lot for something to change. Right. And so that would be number one. Just trusting the discernment on the inside of you or the intuition, like some people like to say, and reach out to the person. Number two is I think a lot of people feel like they need permission to do something, right? If you're going to buy me food and drop it off to my house, why is it necessary for you to call and tell me? Of course, unless you don't know where I live and that might be the reason, right? But if you feel led to do something, you don't need permission to do it. And I think that's why a lot of people don't help the high achievers because they're like, well, they always say no. Okay, but if you show up to their house with food, most likely they're gonna take it. They're not gonna like, get out of here with that, you know? It's just, they wanna be, prideful but when you're in their face they're like oh thank you you know what I mean so a lot of times it really is you don't need permission to be a good person like just be a good person but in regards to like signs I would say for me I was naturally unavailable right so if you know usually can talk to me and I'm able to talk 
talk to you. Now, I don't want to say this on this uh, podcast. And then my friends are like, you're unavailable right now. I'm really, really busy, so I'm unavailable for that reason. But like, you know the difference. Like certain friends yes. that are really close to you, you still make time for them. You still answer the phone or text them and say, hey, I'm actually on a session or I'm doing this. But when the person is like really distant, you can tell when somebody's distant but present. Mm-hmm. And it's really in, you're talking to them in a room, but they seem to not be there, right? Like, you're like, hey, did you hear me? And you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What'd you say again? You know, when they seem distant in their mind, it's usually a lot going on and it's burdening them to the point where they can't even focus at what's happening. So those are some signs I would say. Oh, my God, Destiny. I, you said something. It was, um, you don't need permission to be kind or to just do something nice for people. And I think... You know, especially last month was Suicide Awareness Month, and you just see all of these cases of people who have been convinced, you know, in their minds that they're alone, that this life isn't worth living, that whatever it is they're going through, they cannot make it another day. And being at that near point, some point in my life, it meant the world when people regardless of like whether it was family or friends who are just like I'm here and it's a weird thing Destiny because you feel like what you are it's like oh wow people really do care Mm -hmm. and that's where like the veil starts to come off and you realize like it's a lie like you the battlefield is truly in your mind and when you have trusted people who can help you understand that and to help remind you that you're not it truly can save a life. So thank you for that. I thought that was that was so powerful. So another question. The tagline of your business is uh, realizing destiny, right? So how does one realize their destiny after going through or dealing with a difficult season? Because even talking about what we just did, you can come out of it. But sometimes the ripple effect or the residual effect, I should say, is a change in your perception of your worth, your capability to do something. It's like, well, if I was so great, then why did I go through this? I definitely can't do that. You know, or even something that we were talking about offline, you know, when it comes to entrepreneurship and you might be comparing yourself to other people and thinking like, well, if they're doing it like this, I don't have the same capacity. I don't have the same resources. So how would you guide a client through that? Well, what I would say on hindsight, you know, obviously I'm out of it now, what I realized is that journey, infertility, which was literally the darkest, I mean, the hypermistic gravity was really close, <laughs> but being the darkest time of my life literally was the seed that planted my harvest, where like my full-time entrepreneur career, everything came from that seed, that moment of infertility, of not knowing my worth, not knowing myself. And so what I would tell someone is, and I know it's hard when your mind is so foggy, but understanding that that moment is happening because it's attached to your purpose, right? The, the testimony you're gonna tell people, the story you're gonna tell people, the um, the lives that you're going to touch is going to be birthed out of that moment. And when, you, when you're in it and you begin to tell yourself that, you honestly be, get a little strategic and you start to kind of write down those moments and what you're feeling so that when you do get to those people you'll share it with, there'll be real life, actual moments, right? 
And I actually did that at infertility. I didn't realize that was what I was doing, but there was a lot of months where I would just get a journal and be like, you know, I hate this, I hate, you know? And so when I actually wrote my book, I was able to go back to them and I was like, oh, I thought I was writing this for no reason, but I, I, it brings those emotions to life again. Um, so that's the first thing I would say, but in regards to like finding your purpose and realizing your destiny, it really is about being intentional for me uh, with your relationship with God. You know, we're all created before we're placed in our mother's womb with a purpose. And I think so many times we get so far away from it by comparison and by, you know, coveting what other people have that we end up taking paths that never really were our paths. And so we find ourselves in these situations and circumstances that we really shouldn't have had to go through it to that magnitude. Once again, there's certain things you're gonna go through just because it's attached to your purpose, but the level of intensity, the contraction pains of it don't have to always be so so contraction, right? So I would say really being intentional about knowing who God has called you to be and the only way you can find that is by spending time with him and really allowing him to reveal it to you. That leads me literally right into the next one. And it's about like understanding the difference between like a growth period and opportunity, a season of transition and a new path that God has given you. So you, you are the prayer fist. What are some like specific ways that we should be praying or like, you know, talking to God in terms of helping us to identify what season you're in? Because I feel like for me, like I always call it like the mess in the middle. Mm-hmm. You are so glad to be far <laughs> away from what you were and you are looking forward to where you're going to go. But it's that season in the middle where the anxiety starts to come in and you have no idea how to get from you left A, now you're in B. How do you get to C? Mm-hmm. So what I would say is a lot of us know God, but we don't really know him, right? We know him as Lord. We know him as Savior. We know him as authoritative God, but we don't really know him as best friend and Abba and brother, right? And because of that, that's why a lot of people don't know who they are because you're trying to spend time with your creator but not realize that you're coming to the person with all the answers, right? So you're kind of, you ever been in those conversations or those situations where you're just meeting somebody, so you're kind of like trying to fill them out? Mm-hmm. That's what you're doing every day in prayer, right? I'm trying to feel you. I wish you're going to beat me up today for what I said yesterday. You like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I really was able to hear God, find God, and feel God when I came to him in my truest form, right? I met God. I knew God my entire life, but I met God him introducing himself to me and vice versa in my darkest season because I I couldn't perform anymore. I literally was at my wits and I'm literally going to these doctors spending thousands of dollars and they're not giving me any more answers than I had before. So I literally had to go to God broken or broken in the sense of in my nakedness, right? Like, God, I just need your help. Like, I need you to just say something. I need you to And a lot of us are so afraid of that because we have been conditioned that you don't question what God's doing. You just be okay with it. And that's not him at all because God truly is our father, but he's our perfect father. He's not like our earthly parents. He's our perfect father. And a perfect father would never tell his child, I'm just doing this because I'm your dad and don't question me. No, that's what our earthly parents say, right? I said it because I said it. Don't ask me about it, right? And so when I got in my mind that he was literally the only one who could help me so I had to be willing to rebel against or come or rebel against what I was taught to reach him 
he showed up, right? And so what I would say to people is get to a point where you can just be your vulnerable self. I like journaling. I like diaries. I've always been a writer in the sense. So I just pulled out a book and I began to say to God what I felt like I couldn't say to God. And he started showing up, right? And in him showing up, he healed me and he led me to my purpose, right? And so it really is about that. It's about coming in your truest form. Now, of course, I have a, a, a six-step process that we go through in my um, program, but really it all boils down to getting vulnerable with God and then trusting that you're going to the one with the answer so you be quiet long enough to get them, right? I don't know how many people, how many times people call me, they'll ask me a question, but they never let me answer it. And what he used to always say is, Destiny, how dare you come to the one with all the answers, but leave with none, leave still making decisions on your own, right? And so when we get in, ingrained in our head that he's not our deadbeat father, he's not our ambitious, too busy for me mother or even not too ambitious too busy for me father but he really is sitting at at your feet like okay what what are you saying and he's listening and waiting to give you a response you'll be able to hear him you'll be able to hear what he's saying and and understand that it that he loves you so that i think would probably be my answer <laughs> you touched on so much destiny and i think like I don't even have to ask you the last one because it talks about like, you know, how do you build that authentic prayer life? And you just described it. There's so many of us who are so resistant to the idea of opening ourselves to God because of the examples that we've seen, whether that's through our family life, whether that's through previous friendships, whether that is through you know, seeing other people in faith who are acting, you know, outside of like, you know, what they claim to be. Mm-hmm. And everyone, and the funny thing about that also is everyone is in such a different season. Mm-hmm. You just don't know what people are going through behind all the actions that they're, you know, displaying. Mm-hmm. And fortunately, when you're on the receiving end, you don't care about that. You know what I mean? Because naturally we're human and it's just like, no, you really messed me up, <laughs> you know? And that leaves such a sour taste in your mouth. And sometimes it can really take your idea of Christianity as a whole and even worse, your idea of God. And then that's how people begin to drift away. Mm-hmm. And that definitely was my story too. I had a season before, you know, my my crisis that led me back to God where I was, I was done. Like, mm-hmm. like if God were real, all this stuff, all these people, all these things that have happened, it wouldn't have. So I might as well do it myself, <laughs> you know? And as usual, God loves to humble me. <laughs> so I'm back. Hi. <laughs> but I, I love that you said that because we have to be very intentional with questioning why do we have this perception of God, tracing it back, going to your origin story and understanding who caused that wound in my life for me to have such a negative perception of God? What happened in my life that caused me to have such a negative perception of people, of faith, of whatever the case may be? Like something that we've all heard, regardless of where you are in your journey, is like church hurt, for example, right? And that literally will stop people from going back into environments that honestly can really help them. It might not be for forever, but it could be for a season where God just needs to pour into you. 
He needs you to hear a word. He needs you to go to someone and ask for prayer. You know what I mean? And I think everything that you just described will really help to unlock some things that people have just kept buried mm-hmm. because of all of this pain that they've had. And it's all justified. And that's another thing too. Just by admitting it doesn't mean that you've condoned what has happened to you, that it's okay. It just means that there's an awareness and an understanding. And when you can look at something objectively, then you can, like you said, strategize in terms of how to move forward. And wow, we just need to like give you a whole like line of like t-shirts with all the quotes that you said today, because <laughs> my clients say that all the time. They have like a list of like the, the destinyism. But what I would add to what you just said is what we don't realize is we sing these songs we read the word and we we are supposed to or we're saying we believe that he's our savior but we're never giving him the opportunity to save us right it's not until you're honest it's not until you really communicate those things that have happened to you that you're able to realize oh but i don't have to figure this out right i'm giving it to him but when we stay in the dark and we don't you know and we feel like we're going to be judged by him that's you know when we don't express it to him the other thing i would say is that is why everything i do and my clients sometimes don't like it but everything i do is really and i continue to remind them that it's really about building your confidence in your ability right yes i can hear from god very well right and my and they know that but i'm not here to be your genie i'm not here to be your psychic i'm here to give you the tools to build your confidence because if we be honest i'm not ever going to say that church church is not a real thing because Mm -hmm. i've been there right Mm -hmm. but what i found is a lot of church hurt comes from immaturity and let me explain right so as a leader now right in a position of leadership I have a different viewpoint than everybody that is submitted under me, if that makes sense, right? So when I respond to you, it's out of knowing the holistic view and not just you. But when you're immature, everything's about you, right? So the fact that the pastor didn't answer when I called is about you. They didn't answer for me. No, it's because you and 50 other people were calling and my family was calling and I had to make a decision, right? Like, so what I learned and not those things were obviously, you know, sexual things were done, none of that. But most church hurt was because you didn't deal with your, because you didn't heal. You haven't dealt with the rejection from your mom. And so you you put someone in a, in a position or a pedestal that they didn't even ask to be on, right? If we be honest, as a, as just as an influencer on social media that is a kingdom entrepreneur, people immediately put these expectations on you that you never even asked for. I, I was talking to my friend and I said, I think it's so interesting how you how people follow you off of your authenticity, but then that's the same reason why they will stone you because you're authentic to who you are, right? And it's the same thing with the church sometimes, right? Like once I realized that God's perspective is usually always very different than ours, right? And that for me is a humbling moment every time because it lets me know you're not as far as you thought you were. And not in a like condemning type of way, but don't ever try to get too high for God because I'll, I'll there'll be a situation where you know my friend kind of will seem short with me right or something like that and the old little triggers try to come up and I immediately take it before God and he's like no when you got on the phone she said she only had 20 minutes and y'all was at the 20 minute mark he's like you know what she did say that right so 
when you when you really build it into and 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 I, I love church. I love church. I like to always be clear of that. But I would be lying if I didn't say there's certain things we're taught in church that really pull us away from God more than it does lead us to him because mm-hmm. it's from an authoritative you got to answer to me type of way versus yes. no my objective in my job is to build your confidence and your ability to hear from him for yourself destiny again a whole bunch of t-shirt lines I'm telling you I see it in your future I do a whole line <laughs> that is true like uh, just to be serious for a quick moment um, it's important for you to put feelers out there I think the beauty of being here is like, there's an abundance of churches. Mm-hmm. So one does not work. It is okay. Mm-hmm. You find another one. Mm-hmm. And the beauty of technology, you can literally tune in right from home. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just, I, it's so interesting just to see how like I've done a complete like 180 on this because I used to be exactly when I hear people come to me with the same exact question just like what's the point of going it's just a bunch of like you know people in there with their problems or their hypocrites or their this or that it's like that's true mm-hmm. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. full of a whole bunch of imperfect people who are trying to do better mm-hmm. and you will find you will find places where it's just not healthy, where leadership is probably failing and they could do a better job. But you always have the choice to find something that works for you. Mm-hmm. And with all of the different denominations out here in these streets, you will find something. Because it's just, I, and I think for me, it's like the importance of having community. There was like, I'll tell like a quick story. There was one time I, came back and I think it was around like my birthday so it's my first uh, birthday away from like family you know like friends who I've known for a while and after you know like we did like a virtual like birthday thing I went to my room and I was just like crying and like just like crying 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 profusely and I didn't realize at the time it just because I was homesick and I, I missed my family and just like being in their presence but I was just I was it felt like I was heartbroken, you know, just mm-hmm. like at it. And out of nowhere, a friend of mine from church, she called me. She's like, I don't know. I just wanted to call you and just like check in. And I'm just like, that is so weird. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> literally just started explaining the situation and just having her in my ear for like 20 minutes and just kind of having that comfort and like praying over me as well it just made a world of a difference and it allowed me to see like one it's okay to express your emotions to other people instead of thinking that you just have to do it alone and then two it's okay to feel those emotions because I felt so ashamed it's like girl like come on like you're almost there like get it together (laughs) you know what I mean but it's completely normal and completely fine and I think that's why I, I push for it because regardless of wherever you end up, you need a community. And it could be an online community. It could be a church community. It could be a volunteer community. I don't know what it is. But find a community where you feel loved and accepted and seen. And you have people who will check on you and check you during those seasons where that part. You, get a little bit, you get a little bit out of control here. Okay. <laughs> I want to share um, something that someone told me. This was a few years back. The first thing I'll say before I share that is... It's so interesting how we don't mind date hopping, we don't mind work hopping, we don't mind 
uh, major hopping. I don't like this major anymore. I want to switch. But when it comes to church, we feel so that it's so permanent, right? Like, no, the same way you would leave a job, you can leave your church. And I know, once again, some some ways that the church is ran is like, you need my permission to do anything. But at the end of the day, what is it biblical, right? And the reality is, you can find another church. It's okay, right? Um, now, we want to definitely do it in decency order. I think, you know, this whole leave your job uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> culture has made people feel like you don't got to have no conversation. You just walk out. Like, no, you definitely don't do should. that. Don't do that. Okay. As people in corporate or definitely who has worked in corporate, don't do that. I repeat, no. do not do that. Because <laughs> you put it on other people, right? But what I was told is the church is actually the hospital right and when you realize it's the hospital and we're all coming for the great physician that includes the pastor they're not the great physician they're they might be a little bit they might be coming for just um you know a a, a i don't know a little knee hit right and you may be coming for a new heart which means they're at a different level than you but we're all coming for the great physician and when you are able to look at the church from that perspective you would be able to understand that it's not as toxic as you think it's just performing its duties right mm-hmm. and what is supposed to happen in the presence of god and in the atmosphere of god is he begins to show you you, the imperfect version of you, so that he can know where to stitch and where to heal. And the problem is we end up putting so much of our love and affection and really our relationship with God in the hands of someone who's still on the operating table, that it just doesn't make sense, right? And so sometimes, if we be completely honest, sometimes things happen because God is a jealous God. That's biblical, right? And you have now idolized this person where God has to show you, no, they're just as human as as you are. When I first got married and I was in prayer and the Lord kept saying, you're going to deny me, like he says to Peter in the Bible, right? And I was like, no, God, we have such a great relationship. I never will. I would never do that. And I got married and I was 21 and I wanted my marriage to go right because it was marriage. You, you, I've never seen a good marriage necessarily. And the Lord said, if you put that man before me, I'm going to show you very quickly how imperfect he is. And let me tell you, God's not a liar, okay? He showed me very quickly. And so a lot of us have idolized the person. We, we'll leave church and, and we'll say, I'm going to actually read this, this, uh, this full chapter when I leave church. And then we do that maybe the first Sunday and then we keep going. And now we take that pastor's word at everything. Not saying that it's not that. No, I am saying that's not a good thing. You always want to go back to God and say, okay, God, what were you trying to show me about this scripture? What were you saying? What does the scripture actually say? Let me read it in its full context, not just one scripture, right? And we end up denying ourselves of that intimacy with God. And then we get upset because we've made an idol and God has to show us that he don't play by idols. Okay. So I would just say that. <laughs> that's me. A whole t-shirt, but I'm telling you. <laughs> It's so, so true. And I think, you know, a lot of times people are just like, what do you mean God is jealous? Like, isn't he supposed to supersede like, you know, human feelings and emotions? True. I agree. But I think it's also to your point strategic Mm -hmm. because God has an aerial view of everything. So Mm -hmm. here you are at the bottom and you only have one vantage point and you Mm -hmm. think that this person, you know, they are god's next gift to humanity which is true they are operating in their gift and they're helping and they're healing people but nevertheless 
we all fall short of the glory of God. It's just that simple. Every single person you know, the two people talking right now, your pastor, every single person, maybe a former nun that you knew, I don't know, but, <laughs> but every single one of us have something to showcase that we are imperfect human beings and that is okay. But then you can level set your expectations and put those expectations right back where they belong. Everything else goes to God. And yes, you know, we can have another discussion about, you know, expectations like with your friendships and your partner and all that stuff. But the way in which that we expect people to be our savior, the way in which we expect them to read our minds, you know, the way in which we expect them to drop everything at any point in time because we need something Mm -hmm. for us, that's not their duty and that's not their role. If they do it, then by God, hold on to those people. (laughs) But if they don't, they're not necessarily evil people. And I am in this season right now where I'm starting to realize, and to your point about like immaturity, there have been seasons that I've exited in life and I've villainized, but in actuality, these are people who are human just like me. These are people who are having their own seasons. These are people who, for whatever reason, they entered my life for a particular season and when they were in that season they helped me to get through it and yes it might have ended in a really bad way but that doesn't necessarily turn them into evil people it just means that their time in your life was done mm-hmm. and I, when I'm tell- I was laying in bed I was like wow wow <laughs> wow that is interesting <laughs> it's like that scene I don't know if you've seen like those um those Instagram reels where um I think someone is like am I the villain like is is this really happening right now am I the villain and it's no it's just you're realizing that this life of ours is messy it is very very messy and the only way to get through it without honestly like ripping your hair out is taking it one day at a time and just understanding the humanity of all of us Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. destiny girl before you blow my mind with any more t-shirt quotes, <laughs> I mean it, seriously, you need to start putting these on t-shirts. I have one last thing for us to do, and it's a gratitude exercise that I do with all of my guests. So I want you to close your eyes, and I want you to imagine yourself in a space or a place where you feel the most at peace, and it could be anywhere in the world with anyone that you want. And in this space, you are just reflecting over your life and everything that you've been through and all of the things that were thrown your way that were meant to tear you down. But nevertheless, by God's grace, you still rose. So what is one scripture or a quote from a favorite book or a quote from a favorite song that can encapsulate that feeling for you? All things work together for my good. Uh, Again, another t-shirt quote, done. Okay. All right, before she gets sick of me, guys, thank you so much, Destiny. Where can people find you? Um, you can find me on um, Facebook, Instagram, and uh, Facebook and Instagram um, under uh, the Prayer Pits or Realizing Destiny. If you search either one of those, I'll come up. Um, my website's realizingdestiny.com. And yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. And I'll also make sure to leave all of that information in the description for you guys. Um, and again, thank you so much, Destiny. You have enlightened me, affirmed a lot of things that I've been thinking about. 
and I have no doubt it'll be the same for everyone tuning in. So thank you. Please keep doing what you're doing and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. (laughs) Bye. Has the TRP Recovery Podcast blessed you in any way? If so, be a dear and share it with a friend. You can follow us on Instagram, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and also stream all TRP Recovery episodes on Exposure TV Network. You can download the Exposure app on Roku, Apple TV, and Amazon Fire Stick. Thank you so much, and I hope to continue to help you cultivate not only a relationship with yourself, but most importantly, God. Thank you, and please continue supporting.